0: Hello again to Professors at Work, a weekly AUB podcast where we talk with AUB faculty and researchers about the research and the work they're doing, what they're finding, and what it means for the rest of us in the world. I'm very happy to have this week as my guest Professor Rima Habib from the Faculty of Health Sciences. She's a professor and also chair of the Environmental Health Department, and she has worked for many years in various fields with a strong focus, on the health disparities for marginalized workers and 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 unrecognized labor uh in Lebanon and has been a pioneer in this field of research professor habib thank you for being with us
1: thank you thank you rami it's a pleasure to be with you
0: you're dealing in a very important field which actually is growing in the middle east there's so many refugees and informal laborers and people who are not recognized and marginalized. So what prompted you to launch this research project, particularly on the youth workers in the Bekaa Valley in Lebanon?
1: Thanks, Rami, for this question. Since joining the Faculty of Health Sciences at AUB, my research um, uh, has focused on marginalized communities in Lebanon uh, these communities are facing challenges, deprivation, poor living environments, in addition to harsh working conditions. My experience during uh, the urban health uh, survey that our faculty conducted between 2002 and 2003 in poor neighborhoods on the outskirts of Beirut, uh, and specifically in, in the communities of Nab'a, Hayy and Birj al-Brajne, Palestinian refugee camp, This experience was a turning point in my career, and this is when I first joined AUB, by the way. Mm -hmm. The study exposed me to the urgent needs of low-income communities surrounding Beirut. And since the completion of that urban health study, I have focused my research on refugees, on migrant workers, and on marginalized communities in Lebanon. Uh, Mm -hmm. Also, at the start of the Syrian conflict in 2011, when hundreds of thousands of Syrian families were displaced to Lebanon and were in great uncertainty, this crisis called for research at the intersections of my fields of specialization on agricultural workers and migrant and refugees communities. So I felt that I needed to support these vulnerable communities. Um, Therefore, I initiated research uh, exploring the experiences of Syrian farm workers, their experiences uh, with regard to their access to healthcare, with their working conditions, uh, gender inequities, and societal marginalization. And therefore, I have pursued this uh, research uh, guided by my professional training, uh, but also with a framework of social justice that I focused on most of the time. Basically, in 2017, and at the request of the Ministry of Labor and the International Labor Organization, I launched the study on child labor among Syrian refugees to explore the living and working experiences of more than 4,000 Syrian refugee children working and living in the agricultural region of the Bekaa Valley of Lebanon. And this study is the largest globally to obtain direct testimonies from child workers between the ages of eight and 18 years. But also the study did not uh, only include children between the ages of eight and 18, but also children between four and seven years. Of wow. course, due to ethical reasons, due to, the eth- to ethical reasons, we, couldn't, we could not interview directly these children at the age of four, but we obtained the information by proxy uh, due to their uh, uh, vulnerability and young age. So uh, their guardian was giving us the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the findings on their living and working conditions were breathtaking. Again, this was an eye-opener to me.
0: Wow. Well, that takes me to my next questions, which is what are the one or two most striking findings that you have generated? And also, what are their implications uh, for foreign workers, but also, possibly, does some of your work uh, give us uh, insights into how to assist Lebanese uh, marginalized workers as a whole, or does the do your findings uh, apply only to refugee and marginalized labor?
1: Well, uh, thank you for this question, Rami. I will uh, first speak to the findings of the Syrian refugee working children um, more than 4,000, as I um, told you earlier. The, the, the majority of the children in this study, um, in, in the beqa Valley, and that is around 75%, worked in the field of agriculture, but also in other occupations that are considered uh, hazardous, dangerous, and unfit for children, uh, according to the, class- to the classification of the International Labor Organization. Among working children between the ages of four years and above, the average age of starting work was around 11 years. To be exact, it was Mm
0: 10.9. So
1: this is a very young average age to be starting work. Uh, A child has to be at school at this age or playing. And for more than 95% of the working children in the study, but that were between the age of eight, eight and 18, Uh, We found an association between their exodus to Lebanon uh, and their first child labor experience, which speaks Mm -hmm. and which is very telling in relation, actually, to the conditions imposed on the children as a result of war and displacement. So these conditions of war and displacement drove them uh, to to child labor. They were not engaged in child labor uh, before that. Also, more than 30% of the working children reported having been injured at work. That's a very high percentage of children injured. And uh, we found a considerable proportion of children, uh, actually more than 45% of boys and girls, reporting physical or verbal abuse at work. Uh, In addition, an alarming 79 children, And this is what they told us when we interviewed them. They told us that they knew a child who died following a work accident. Wow. So the working condition of the children were precarious. Uh, And I tell you, uh, up to 82% of the children reported working under the sun for about six hours per day. Uh, In addition... Uh, only 18% of the working children were enrolled in some form of schooling. And when we asked them, the main reason for not enrolling in school was having to work and support their family. Uh, And this was reported by um, around 50% of the children. However, Rami, and this is really um, uh, a bit reassuring and uplifting, despite these harsh realities of their life, their interest in educational opportunities uh, was very evident by their answer and shows optimism. So we found that 91% uh, expressed an an optimistic outlook about their future and uh, resilience in the face of their current situation. Uh, Now I will speak to the findings on the living conditions of the refugees Um, Out of the study itself, um, one of the largest study that uh, uh, looked at 12,000, over 12,000 individuals, Uh, of them was uh, 4,377 children. So uh, those were all living in 1,900 households, and almost most of the households... Uh, experienced all, or all, all, all of the households that were surveyed, I should say, experienced some, some sort of food insecurity, with a majority, around 75%, report, reporting very f- severe food insecurity. So the poor economic conditions and the situation they were living under uh, remain the driving reason for child labour uh, right. as, as a strategy to cope with their insecurities and almost all the households were living in makeshift tents, uh, the informal tented settlements that we see in most uh, reports and in pictures uh, about uh, the uh, uh, reporting on, on um, Syrian refugees living in Beqa. and these tents had structural damage to the walls, to the ceilings, uh, and uh, the lack of water safety uh, posed an endemic health uh, problem in the refugee communities. We asked questions. As to, 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 to the question regarding the implications of the findings for the foreign workers and the Lebanese labor scene, uh, the findings of the study call for reforms in the legal framework that govern the Lebanese labor sector, uh, advocating for uh, the adoption of, the, of uh, a revision of the labor law, uh, which includes significant um, uh, which should include significant revisions that affect child labor, uh, mm-hmm. namely re- raising the age of compulsory education and the minimum legal age for work to 15 years, that is raising mm-hmm. it to 15 years. Uh, also the protection and support of child laborers regardless of their nationality, be it Lebanese or Syrian or any other uh, nationality. Um, as long as they live on the Lebanese soil. And the development of uh, policy governing coordination among all stakeholders to assist uh, in the elimination of the worst form of child labor or any form of child labor if if it comes to me. So the findings Mm -hmm. of the study emphasize the need for uh, advocating for the recruitment of Syrian adults for work Mm -hmm. in agriculture by all stakeholders, including the Lebanese Farmers Union. And this is to reduce the number of children working in agriculture and also facilitating uh, the registration of refugees residing in Lebanon with the UNHCR. That is for those who are not registered yet.
0: This uh, sort of answers my next question partly. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what what are the consequences of your findings beyond the lives of these young foreign uh, Syrian refugee workers themselves, for instance, in the environmental, political or economic conditions as a whole?
1: That's an excellent question, uh, Rami. Actually, to meet the objectives of the research, the study explored a wide spectrum of challenges affecting the lives and livelihoods of the Syrian refugee families that we surveyed and the working children in particular. The study had shed light on housing, on the housing conditions and sanitation services, on socioeconomic conditions, uh, on income and expenditures, on social support and food security or uh, the lack of among the surveyed households.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, And the findings point to a number of complex interdependent economic, political and social factors that uh, resulted in the deprivation of these young people, uh, of their rights, to basic safety, to wellness, and to happiness. Mm-hmm. Also, a lack of financial resources and support services to basic necessities for the study population, uh, in addition to the absence of development and economic infrastructures that led to conditions promoting child labor, especially exploitative um, and dangerous uh, child labor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The study emphasized the need for coordinating efforts by various stakeholders to identify adequate solution to address the challenges and the conditions producing child labor among the displaced study population. So we have to acknowledge that child labor is a complex issue, and it cannot be solved through a simple and single solution. Rather, it requires a a breaking the cycle of poverty and providing better opportunities for these children and their family. Finally, the study recommended the the development of uh, income-generating projects and and economic opportunities for the refugees. For example, food security projects, improved relief outreach programs, adequate and improved housing and community services, uh, as well as social support services, among many others.
0: Wow. Let me ask you a question that uh, also you you touched on a little bit, but um, also uh, I'm sure there's more that you can say. Do your findings uh, about the Syrian refugee children uh, tell us also about required possible uh, policy changes that need to be made for other people? Uh, Let's just talk about Lebanon, but the region uh, also is probably similar, but other people like very poor and marginalized Lebanese in rural or urban settings or, say, Palestinian uh, refugees. Um, and, and in recent years, has been, you know, we've had some Iraqi refugees and, uh, and, uh, and people from other uh, countries. So does your work shed light on a broader range of uh, issues in society beyond Syrian refugee children who are working?
1: Well, we had studied Syrian refugee children because it was the most recent uh, crisis, a humanitarian crisis that hit uh, our region. And uh, as you know, um, uh, Syrians were displaced to many countries, host countries in in, in our region, and many uh, studies were launched. But this Mm -hmm. is not to say that we only studied uh, Syrian refugees uh, and their plight. My colleagues and I at AUB, have also studied the living conditions of Palestinian refugees Mm -hmm. residing in Lebanon, uh, and that was done in collaboration with UNRWA. We carried out a national study looking at Palestinian refugees' health. Uh, We explored the social, political, and economic conditions uh, impacting these communities. We also did a community-based research project in a rural, underserved Lebanese community in Akkar, in northern Lebanon. Uh, My experience with all these marginalized communities, uh, be it Syrians, uh, Palestinians, uh, and Lebanese, my experience with all these marginalized communities proved that poverty is a root cause of most of their social and health problems. Uh, The research we did did also identified patterns linking social and economic deprivation with community health outcomes. So the more... Uh, deprived, uh, economically deprived um, you are, and the less social capital you had, uh, the more health outcomes, uh, the more health problems and more challenges you will face. So there was a um, a gradient in this correlation.
0: Right. Uh, The the topics that you've mentioned are dealt with uh, or should be dealt with by a range of government agencies, uh, NGOs, uh, international organizations. There's a lot of people who look at uh, look at these issues. Uh, my question is, what have you discovered about how these existing institutions, whether Lebanese or foreign, whether official or private or NGOs, what are they doing? Is there real work going on across mm-hmm. the board to actually bring about these policy changes that you are calling for, or really address these underlying uh, conditions of poverty that then lead to deprivations that lead to poor health outcomes?
1: Actually, uh, my experience with this uh, last study, the child labor study among Syrian refugees, its findings were widely disseminated among the public and policymakers, uh, nationally but also internationally. And here, I will tell you about all those who were involved and uh, the, infor- the, the findings were disseminated to. And, and you will find me here listing many of them. Mm-hmm. Several UN agencies and the Lebanese Ministry of Labor had put a plan to act on the report's key recommendations, actually. Mm -hmm. And an official launching event of the study report was held at AUB and was widely attended by representatives from the Ministry of Labour, the Ministry of Social Affairs, the Ministry of Public Health, the Ministry of Education, the European Regional Development and Protection Program, the International Labour Organization that uh, uh, called for the study initially, uh, the Association of Lebanese Industrialists, the Workers Union, in addition to many international organizations, including Save the Children, FAO, and UNICEF. And also this research received acclaim from prominent scholars and was recognized by the Lebanese Minister of Labor at the time as, quote, incredibly informative and moving, unquote. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was widely covered by the media. I mean, I have tons of media reports that um, at least more, more than a dozen, uh, covering the study and its findings. Um, however, effort to address this, this, the situation that the study describes and intervene on the challenges that were revealed in the findings of the study took a backseat, unfortunately. As you know, Rami, Lebanon faces multiple humanitarian crises currently, Including the COVID-19 outbreak, the economic collapse, the political instability, not to mention the August 4 Beirut blast, which anniversary was uh, uh, one-year anniversary was only a couple of days ago. So, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, child labor issues are not on the top of the priorities currently.
0: Well, that's a wide um, array of uh, insights based on your research, and and also a wide array of needed reforms that you talk about. My last question, because we're almost out of time, my last question is, uh, do you have examples of, of policy interventions that have worked, uh, whether by government, private sector, local communities, NGOs, UN agencies, whoever it may be? There, there's so much that needs to be done in this area. Uh, and you've been out in the field for what, over two decades now, I think, uh, or about two decades. So w- what do you see going on uh, where when governments like in Lebanon don't have the resources to, to carry out the required reforms or 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 humanitarian interventions, is anybody uh, showing successful interventions
1: actually uh, rami there has uh, there have been plenty of studies uh, published in the international literature about interventions, especially in um, places um, in in, in places where child labor is endemic, such as in Africa and the gold mine industries, where children, because of their small size, are sent into uh, uh, small holes in the ground to fetch the gold. Uh, In the cocoa industry, where slavery is still occurring, Mm -hmm. uh, and there have been many documentaries about that, so many um uh, many interventions uh, have been um, discussed some have worked and others have not uh, some of the interventions that have been promising uh, were about um, enticing the parents to send their children to school but um uh, providing assistance for these children that would be conditional upon sending their children to school. Uh, and, and, and this would be addressing poverty, uh, actually. Um, so uh, the root cause of the problem is poverty. And unless right. we address poverty, like what the uh, sustainable development goals stipulate, that we mm-hmm. need to address poverty, decrease the levels of poverty, uh, and um, uh, address um, a humanitarian crises in conflict settings, we will still face the same problems because children uh, because children are sent uh, to, to, to work uh, as a coping strategy as the un agencies have right. uh, called the term and uh, unless we give an alternative for these kids, be it um, some form of education that doesn't need to be uh, in the form of in uh, academic education the 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 normal or the traditional academic uh, um uh, education mm-hmm. uh, it would be um some form of education that would uh, give them a tool uh, for for jobs for yes. uh, for work um uh, giving them uh, tools such as languages such as uh, uh, some form of uh, becoming literate uh, in mathematics uh, in some basic form of education right be able to send them to to the job market, but not before the age of 16. So there has been some attempts by some UN agencies to provide some training on safe work starting at the age of 16 um, and making sure that we do not engage children in the worst form of child labor. And agriculture is one of the worst forms of child labor uh, because children are exposed to all forms of Hazardous exposures such as heat stress, uh, such as uh, snake bites uh, in the right. field, uh, carrying heavy loads. Mm-hmm. So we need to avoid the work of children, um, um, and and make sure that they get some some form of education uh, to enable mm-hmm. them to uh, to to have a better future.
0: Well, we've run out of time. Uh, there's so much more to talk about. Uh, you know, you mentioned poverty as being a root cause. The bad news is that poverty is increasing in the Arab world. The UN studies of multidimensional poverty show that it's somewhere around two-thirds or seventy percent of the population broadly across the Arab region is poor or vulnerable. And clearly this is worsened with COVID and the work stoppages, the drop in oil, drop in economic activity. So it's likely we're gonna have these problems with us for many years. That's the bad news. The good news is that we've got people like yourself and many of your colleagues and others all over the region trying to identify these issues, the causes uh, of them, and uh, what possibly might be done. So I'm sure we will come back to you, Reema, and talk about these issues in, uh, in another episode and other research that you and your colleagues have been doing. So let me just remind our uh, listeners that my guest has been Professor Rima Habib, from the Faculty of Health Sciences at the AUB. She's Chair of the Environmental Health Department and has focused uh, much of her research on health disparities for marginalized workers and unrecognized labor, especially child labor. Thank you, Rima, for being with us.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Rami, for shedding light on this important uh, problem. Thank you. you. Bet.
0: And we'll do it again. Uh, that's it for Professors at Work for this week. I'm Rami Khouri, your host. Please join me again next week at the same time. Bye for now.